1: this segment is brought to you by jig masters step up your game with high quality performance jigs spinner baits buzz baits and more from jigmasters.com and always when in doubt get the jig out
2: welcome to the bass kayak and beers podcast on the and pin network on this podcast we'll be talking about life and kayak fishing Every week we'll have a special guest, whether it's a tournament angler, a content creator, or just a regular guy or girl who just loves to go kayak fishing. So grab a cold beer, sit back, and enjoy the show. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer.
1: Yeah Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee.
2: Kayak and Beers' podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Uh, Today, I finally got one of my favorite uh, content creators on YouTube. His name is Eric Solerio. He runs the Hooked Up to Grind TV. If you haven't watched it, um, you can check it out on YouTube. He mainly focuses on um, skinny waters here in Texas. It's one of the main reasons why I got into kayak fishing is watching his channel. I loved it. I've been a huge fan of him. Um, so I'm super honored to have him on my show and I'm going to bring him right on. So welcome Eric Solario How are you doing, Eric?
3: I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Just here living the dream.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking time, man. I know you had a super busy schedule today, um, with the kids, the karate and work and all that. So I really, <laughs> really do appreciate you taking some time to join us on the show. And I know it's been a long day, so I'm not going to have you here the whole night talking about fishing, but we do want to talk about your awesome, um, YouTube channel, uh, for those that haven't followed you. And, uh, and some of the stuff that you, some of the adventures that you got into in, in recording for hooked up to grind. So first of all, Eric, start telling us a little bit about you. What do you do for a living? How you got into kayak fishing, eventually how you got into the idea of doing YouTube videos.
3: So, uh, been fishing my entire life. Uh, by the way, my name's Eric Eric Silerio or Eric Silero, um, however you want to say it. But uh, been fishing since I was really two. My grandpa got me into it. Huge catfisherman. Um, he wasn't really into bass fishing. I kind of went on my own and did that. I couldn't sa- I couldn't stand just sit there and wait for my barber to go down or a fish to a catfish to come. But I got into bass fishing heavily, and uh, and I've loved it since I was a kid. Kayak fishing, I'll be honest, the first time I was ever in a kayak was in 2004. I went on an overnight kayaking trip with a couple buddies and was in a six-foot, or not even six-foot, it was probably a a five-and-a-half-foot small little pelican sit inside. And I flipped and flipped and flipped, and I swore I would never kayak fish again. And my buddy that was in a wilderness sit on top was like, Eric, I think you're just too big for that sit inside. He's like, you're so wobbly, you need to give it another shot and eventually i did and and oh my gosh i fell in love it took my fishing to like a whole nother level and uh so that's really how i got it i bought my first kayak it was a heritage angler from academy my dad actually let helped me pay for half of it he said if you if you work pay half i'll get the other half and man that's it took off from there and uh the whole way the youtube deal got started I've always enjoyed filming, photography, uh, videos, things like that. And uh, growing up, um, for some reason, my grandpa, me and my grandpa are like close. It's like that. He raised me, he's like a dad to me. And uh, he would always tell me, you know, Miho, you need to cherish these fishing trips and you need to remember them and this and that. So there, when he was getting older towards the end, I said, you know what? I went and bought a big old camera uh sony i said gonna start recording our our fishing trips you know just for me to have and i still have a dvd where we went to choke canyon and saw alligators and fished off his boat we had a great nice. time fishing and uh after after doing that i had no clue about gopros or anything like that i didn't know what what they were and uh Stumbled upon YouTube and saw Robert Field did a Devil's River trip. That was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I thought our video was awesome. That just blew my mind. And uh, Robert Fields, I got to give him props because I messaged him and he messaged me back on, on Instagram. And I just said, man, I'd love to do this. What's the biggest tip you can give me? And he goes, Eric, just talk. He said talk in your videos he said i haven't seen any of yours yet or anything and at the time i only had these this two videos up on youtube and there was nothing but music in the background and he nailed it right on the head he goes eric when guy start out the first thing they do is add music he goes don't do that he goes talk people love when people talk on their videos and uh that that's what i did i started <laughs> just mumbling random stuff while i was out there just kind of like I don't know, enjoying the trip, uh, trying to let people know what I was seeing, what I was feeling, the way I was working my days, things like that. And oh man, I've I've loved it ever since. So. It's it's it's
2: funny how one thing leads to another in the sense that you were inspired by Robert Fields, and here you are making videos. And I, for one, was inspired not only to to get into kayak fishing, but also to record videos. Now, now, I don't really do the whole YouTube thing like you do, um, but it's funny how one thing, you know, one action can lead to this chain of events where other people get inspired to enjoy it. And one of the things that I really love about your videos is like, it's it's just, it's not gimmicky. It's not full of clickbaits. It's not, it's not, it's just you on your adventure in kayak fishing. Now you mentioned that Robert feels one of the first videos that you saw was on the Devil's River, yeah. And primarily, you do a lot of river fishing, right? That's is that your yes. like your favorite uh, way That's, to spend kayak oh, fishing? Oh yeah. I,
3: if yes, um, I get asked all the time, Eric. Why don't you do tournaments? Why don't you lake fish more? And my dream, obviously, is to catch a double-digit bass. And I know finding one of those in the river is gonna be like find a needle in a haystack but truthfully to me it's more than that i i enjoy you know getting up in the morning loading up and just being out on a small river while, listening to the birds chirp um yeah. seeing the fog come up off the off the river i mean it's oh, it's just so peaceful out there it's things that you don't get to see like out of the lake you're flipping you know stick ups or fishing grass lines and and don't get me wrong i would i would love to get into tournament fishing things like that but my heart i think is is has always been at the river it and i don't know for me when my grandpa passed away um that's where i felt closer to him and and i just to me that's my second home it's just always being out on the river i always feel like he's with me and oh, man i love it
2: and what you obviously um, you're from texas but what yes, part sir. of Texas do you live, Eric?
3: Uh I guess the Hill Country for I grew up in a small town um called Mason. I'm not sure if you know where it's at, but it's a really yeah. small town um by Fredericksburg, Texas.
2: Nice. And do you have what rivers you like to target in that area?
3: Um so my obviously the Llano River in Mason, gorgeous river. i highly recommend if if you've never done that one, do it. It's got beautiful bluffs. Um just um, amazing, like cliffs, rock ledges, bluffs. that I mean, they're, you won't see them anywhere else. Uh, here where I live now in Curville in the hill countries, I guess is what they consider it. Um, some of my favorite rivers, uh, Gua- the, the Guadalupe, uh, gorgeous cypress trees, huge cypress trees. But I think the prettiest river I've fished is probably a tie between the Medina and the Frio. I will warn you guys, um, if you're gonna do those rivers, check the flow because they dry up quick. So no. I actually got I got stranded on I've been stranded on both of those rivers and we ended up having to drag over two miles. Just they oh my we, God. Yeah, we didn't check the flow and it looked good and we took off. Next thing you know, we we're dragging all the way back to our trucks. So
2: we're gonna. I know the Brazos River has their own website where you can check the flow. Just that's usually why I check when I'm going to either below Whitney Dam or below Possum uh, Kingdom Dam. But is there any other website do you recommend to check uh, flows in different rivers?
3: Uh, for us here, I've always used. Um, I just know it abbreviate. It's the USGA um, flow rate chart. So I'll just type it in now and say, you know, what's the flow on the Medina, and it'll bring it up and let you know and. You want to be about one hundred and twenty right now. I think yeah. it's like a thirty, or I mean, it's really yeah. low. <laughs> but
2: yeah, I've done the um, the Brassos Possum Kingdom Dam uh, at fifty. It's fun, but it's like man, because once it gets that low, <laughs> the bass really move down river. Yeah. They have to go, you know, going down with the current is fine, but you know, you gotta go like a mile, mile and a half down to find them.
1: And then right. once you
2: do, you have to remember they have to. Now you you can't use the current in your favor. A lot of times you just have to get out of your kayak and just, you know, trek. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's it's not <laughs> yeah. fun. It's worth it, but it's not fun.
1: Definitely. What
2: yeah. is uh? What are the rivers that you've you mentioned? The ones that are close. Have you done the
3: Devil's River? Yes, yeah, so I've done the Devil's River about man, I I think three or four times. And that is by far, oh, my gosh, that is a gorgeous river. It's not as dangerous as what people make it out to be. But I think the reason it is, which I I know a lot of things can happen so quick, um, mainly there's just no cell service. So if you get stuck out there or something happens, you're SOL, man. You you have to find a way to get out of there but uh highly recommend doing that river it's it's amazing that that probably is one of the prettiest rivers you'll ever see
2: i've heard really good things about that's on my bucket list now when you go if you for somebody that has never gone to the devil's river do you recommend is it as easy as like assuming whoever's going has experience in kayak fishing and is an avid um at least um Avid with the kayak, even if it's not fishing, but you know, it's very familiar with a kayak. It's very comfortable with kayak. So assuming the person is very comfortable with a kayak. Do you recommend going on a devil's river? You know, not necessarily never by yourself, but two or three guys have never been there. Or do you recommend always getting a tour guide until you get used to the river?
3: Man, I'll, I'll be honest with you, if you're good in a kayak already, like you said, and you've been on multiple camping trips, you won't have any problems, uh, not unless someone gets hurt. Uh, I think the the plus of going with a guide, my brother-in-law, Ike, uh, Ike the Fishing Gringo, he guides out there. The plus of going with one is there are certain spots that you will get self-service, so that's one. He can show you where those are. Um, and they are along the river it's just knowing where what section of the river to stop if not you'll fly through and i mean just like that it's, it's gone you'll lose it so that's a plus the second one is he knows where it is legal to camp um it's not hard to find legal spots but being that you've never been out there and you're just kind of sh- shooting in the dark you could pass up a spot and end up having to we we've we've actually been on the devil's twice where we've seen guys paddling in the middle of the dark. I mean, it's midnight now and they're like, Oh, is this camp? And we're like, no, this is where we're camping. Um, They're like worst paddlers camp. And they're still two miles from it because they don't know more or less where to stay. But I will say those are the two biggest things, but I've I've known plenty of groups that have gone without a guide and they, they have a great time. They are, you know, as long, like, like you said, as long as you got kayak experience and you've done overnight trips, you, You'll be good, man.
2: And one thing about the Devil's River, from my understand, is you have to camp in the
3: islands between,
2: yes. you know, banks. Yes. You cannot camp
3: in <laughs> no. on the
2: shoreline, right? I think that's no, a no.
3: huge no-no. Yeah, yeah. Some, I guess, especially once COVID hit. Um, my brother-in-law, who's still, he's still guiding out there he said there's so much boat traffic and the landowners are just kind of fed up with it, you know, with the trash, with people stepping on their land and then, you know, dumping. Uh, It's supposed to be pack in, pack out. So many times guys are are still going out there, using the restroom, leaving toilet paper, um, doing things like that. So I I get it and uh, they they are upset. So I, I will warn you if you do do the devils, make sure you pack in, pack out, pick up your trash and just make sure to stay on the islands and there's there's plenty of them so the
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the u.s military from 1911 to 1985 while colt produced the original almost every major firearm company has produced its own version it's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger and is still a favorite for all types of shooters whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 And just about everything for guns. Log on to MidwayUSA.com. You should be good.
2: Any any smallmouth
3: in the Devil's River I heard? Oh my gosh, yeah. So uh, that is like the pinnacle for me here in Texas was to fish the Devil's River because I've always wanted to catch a smallmouth. My first trip on the Devils, everybody caught smallmouth but me. And that's because of this right here. I was so stuck. I'm like, yeah. I just want to throw. You're my not swim gonna bait. catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't happen, man. everybody caught them, but me. So second go around, um, started with my swim baits, and I finally, I was like, you know what? I give up. So I did finally catch my smallmouth bass, and it's really stoked about it. What was the biggest but, one? The
2: guys? That did you? When you either you or the guys that have been going out there? What's the biggest smallmouth
3: you got? The biggest one that I've seen—I'm actually staring at my brother-in-law. He—he he got it for me as a gag gift on our first Devils trip. He stuck—I want to say it was—it was three and a half or four pounds. Um, beautiful huh. smallmouth bass. And that trip, I didn't catch one. So for my my birthday's on Christmas, he got me a, a magnet and stuck it on our fridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, but it's it's, it's all cute. Cute. go ahead. Oh, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, man, it truly is one of those trips where, like, you go into that trip as good friends, close friends, best friends, whatever it may be, but you come out as brothers because those are the only guys you're gonna to talk to for the next four to five days, and you rely on them a lot. I mean, if if you're out of water, they've got you, or someone needs food, or someone actually, you know, gets hurt. My uh, my brother-in-law, someone had stuck a trot line at the bottom of uh, Gay and Rock. And he flipped out of his kayak, and thank God, nothing happened. But he ran into that trot line, and they had those big catfish hooks that actually yeah. went th- through his shoe. Uh. And then right right between his big toe and his, uh, his second toe, how it, he got so lucky, man. And that's yeah, one of those really things. Lucky. Yeah, it was one of those deals where he was just like, he came up for a split second, said, Eric, I need help took off his shoe and we got him out and I mean that's what to me makes um you rely a lot on each other you never leave each other alone you make sure to stick together and, and like I said you come out truthfully as brothers and closer than ever man it's a it's an experience
2: so how long is the biggest uh, how long is the longest trip you've done in the Daryl's River like you said
3: four or five days yeah so we did I think it's 20 20- 23 or 26 miles um oh. we did from baker's crossing down to uh gerald bailey's that he calls it devil river outfitters um oh, yeah. so we we get out at his house and you can't miss it he's got a huge flag his house is epic man it's built into a cliff it's it's just one of those epic houses you'll ever see but yeah you can't miss it it's it's an awesome awesome trip nice so there we go, smallmouth. Shout out to
2: Brad Higgs from Final Cast. He's been wanting to go to Devil's River to catch some smallmouth. So we'll hook him up with that Oh yeah, somewhere, hey, somehow. He doesn't like to travel, but we'll talk him into it.
3: <laughs>
2: so other than you mentioned the Devil's River, Frio, uh, Medina, what, what's other, what other, like, must-go, must-do bucket list rivers you recommend here in Texas?
3: In Texas, for sure the Llano. I mean, you're going to see those beautiful bluffs. You're going to want to do the Medina, the Frio, obviously the Devils. Um, one of the prettiest rivers that I've done, and it I wouldn't fish it again because it turned into just a bi- a huge float fest. I mean, we couldn't... We caught fish, but they, it just wouldn't happen, and They weren't biting, and but the float was pretty it was the nueces river that, that oh, okay. river, yeah there was some spots where it was probably 15 to 20 foot deep and you could just see all, i mean all the way to the bottom it was it was pretty awesome and uh so getting to see that type of stuff to me is, is just awesome but unless unless we just missed all the fish i wouldn't say the fishing is that great out there
2: I what about the guadalupe you've done the guadalupe i'm assuming right
3: yeah, uh, so that that's in my backyard. That's literally oh, I, I don't cool. listen. Yeah, the, if if I'm fishing the river, ninety percent of the time I'm on the Guad. Um, like I said, that that river to me is is like a home. It's right here. I've caught my PB out of it, um, and I fished. So I live in Curbiel. I've done the stretch from the headwaters and Hunt all the way down to Comfort. Not in one day, but like since I've been here the past five years. That's that's the stretch that I've done and there are some big bass out here. I'll say that. (laughs) Nice. What's your your PB,
2: now that you mentioned it?
3: A hair shot under eight pounds. I missed it by an ounce. Really? Wow. Yeah.
2: I've seen some of the (laughs) fish that you've caught. I cannot believe you haven't caught a double digit.
3: Man, I know. Because you have caught
2: some monsters, (laughs) man.
3: I wish, yeah. I've I've come close to break. I've caught so many sevens that have been close to breaking that eight, and still it's... Pulling an eight or a nine, out a true out of a river is, man, it's tough. It doesn't, I, I mean, even like my buddy Manny who fishes way more than I do, I think his biggest out of a true river is eight. But I know he's pulled out a nine and a ten out of Dunlap, which is somewhat of a river, but it, we, we consider it more of a lake. But it's it's tough, man. It, it is hard to pull a, an eight or a nine out of a true river. It's It's, it's really hard.
2: That's uh, Manny from uh, Skinny Water Boys TV, right?
3: Right. Yeah, Manny B. Yeah. <laughs> Manny B. Shout
2: out Manny B. Great channel, by the way. That's another oh, man, one of my favorite. You guys have done uh, collaborated a couple of times. I remember. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. We we try to get out. Like I said, uh, I had a baby girl back in December. She's a year. Congratulations! In, thank you. She's a year and four months and. Like I was saying earlier, man, it it just made it tough to get out. I had to stay home, help mom. So it kind of put a halt on my I was doing uh videos every week and then once Kyler was born, um had to put a halt on it for a little bit just to stay home, help her around. So now that she's older, she's walking, running around, I'm able to get out and oh man, I'm back at it. I I love it.
2: Nah, it's a it's it's an amazing we can see the joy you have with it. Like you guys are always <laughs> If you're not fishing, you just kind of like fooling around, jumping from cliff, you know, having a beer. That's what I love about your yeah. videos, not just about fishing. It's about just guys having a great time out in nature, whether you catch a fish or not. And obviously, the bonus is for the most part, you catch a bunch of fish, and for the most part, they're pretty big, which is also. Awesome awesome to watch on the on, on your youtube channel now let's talk a little bit about if you when people go to like people are not familiar like i'm not that familiar with rivers now i've done the brazos river um i loved it i i i i should really get more into river fishing i know i do a lot of lakes but one time doing the brazos river i'm like sweet lord this is this is awesome <laughs> i mean <laughs> It's a, it seems to be a lot more fun than a lake just because of the dynamics of it. And I don't know if – to me, it seems a little bit easier to catch fish because obviously you don't – you know, it's – you don't have to overthink it. You know, you don't have to break it down like you're doing a lake. You're just going down the river. You see the spots where you think, okay, current break, uh, letty or whatever, Let's let's cast in here. And for the most part, you can figure it out pretty simple – where they are, you know, unless there's some um, uh, underwater structure that you need a fish finder for. But for the most part, it's just following the coastline and just looking for those nooks and cracks that um, they're going to be hanging out. So I think it's awesome. I love it. I wish I could do more of it. Um, But what do you recommend as far as baits? I know you're big on big swim baits. So tell us a little bit about what you do you know why do you prefer swim baits over jigs or any other bait out there why is it do you feel it's more effective or do you use it because you want to get big fish
3: so truthfully i started using big baits because i wanted to get bigger fish um When I first got into kayak fishing, obviously, you can see in my videos, I was throwing tons of conventional, I mean, jigs, spinnerbaits, chatterbaits, uh, Texas rig, that's, that's, it was 100% conventional, but I noticed that I was, I was catching lots of fish, um, but they weren't that big, I mean, every now and then, granted, I would stick, you know, anywhere from a three to a five pounder, but it wasn't consistent, and, uh, I don't remember, I think I might've just stumbled across it maybe on tactical bassin or crazy Fish. I don't remember what YouTube it was, but I remember seeing these guys chunking these huge baits and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that would work in a river. And uh, I went out and bought um, a $30 bait, which at the time I was like, oh my gosh, my wife's gonna yeah. give me $30 on this one bait. What am I gonna do? and uh i fell in love with it just it was kind of a rush seeing these these little fish i was seeing fish i'd never seen before i was casting at the same spots i would with the jig and i would see little fish and big fish they'd come out and if even though i wasn't working the bait right they at least would look at it yeah and it showed me where they were hiding so even though i missed them that day I'd come back and do the same run and I'd, I'd present it different and I started landing consistently more of these bigger fish. And I was like, Oh my gosh, man, man, these baits are working. Like they, they're no joke. I, and it just, I was hooked after that. As soon as I bought, this is a depths two fifty. The first one I bought was a one seven five, which is about half the size of this one. This is a 10 inch bait, um, five and a half ounces. But, uh, I'll never forget my very first trip using the depths 175 i stuck a six and a half and a four and a half and i'd only been fishing for i think i was out there maybe an hour and i was like oh my gosh dude this is incredible (laughs) after that i was i was like swim bait or die that's all i'm throwing (laughs) so
4: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
3: I do carry... Is, <laughs> Go ahead. Is is it one of those
2: things, because I know the kind of like myth of uh, big swim bait is you're going to get one or two bites at the most on a day. Do you do you feel that's accurate? Do you think... We're talking about the river. If, If Once you get the hang of it, how many bites do you expect to get on a big swim bait? Because obviously it's not going to be as big as throwing a net rig probably, but obviously they're going to be bigger fish. But how many bites do you usually get when you're throwing big swim baits?
3: Man, truthfully, if I can get three to five, that's a great day for me. Um, I went out this weekend and fished from 9.30 till I think it was 4 o'clock about yeah it was about seven or eight hours and i caught three fish and it was a three nine a three eleven and a six and a half and uh That's i was good. stoked yeah i was stoked about that i mean that that was an incredible day for me I, and and i i expect that going out there with the big baits my uh, uh we have a friend that we call Spinner Bait steve he had gone and fished the same stretch of river two days prior and caught 30 fish but they were you know he told me he goes they were all you know a pound and a half to two to mm-hmm. three pounds, which is, is that's an amazing day. I yeah. Never turn down 30 fish. But for me, I, I just got to the point where I'm like, I, I want to chase those bigger fish now. And, and, and that's another reason that some of my videos, like, you know, back in the day when I was throwing convention, I could go out and stick, you know, seven or eight fish, make a video, shoot it out now. I tell my wife all the time, like sometimes I feel like I just wasted a Saturday because I am throwing these baits in, <laughs> and sometimes you know I might catch one or I might get skunked, but you just you never know, and unless you're out there, you see you, you got to have a, a bait in the water to to see what's gonna happen.
2: What's uh, what's some of your favorite big swim baits that you use?
3: Um, so my favorite is obviously the UFO swimmer. That bait straight up kills it uh the working class zero citizen i think mm-hmm. e- everybody needs that bait if that's one bait i'd probably recommend that bait over all of them just because it works year round and it's weedless so you and, and they're fairly inexpensive so you can you know you can fish them um through really through any structures grass you name it um an amazing amazing bait and then my next two would have to be this Depths 250 and trout and uh, Mike Buka Bullshad.
2: Oh, yeah, Mike, that's the classic. That's the OG, <laughs> dude. Yeah,
3: he's he's got it figured out, man. He's <laughs> I don't think that's definitely that's that's one amazing, amazing date.
2: Yeah, it is now when you think about the Guadalupe, which they stocked, I think this year they stocked 20,000 trout. And mm-hmm. from what I've heard from uh, uh, fishing guides in the Guadalupe, um. I think something like 30% of the stock trout do survive um, uh, the year round. Plus, they like I said, every year they stock like 20,000. So, that big, like the one that you have right there for those that are watching on YouTube or Facebook, I mean, those big swim bait trouts on that, on that Guadalupe where their bass are actually, you know, you're not just throwing a big swim bait, you're actually Matching the hatch as well. For so right. the most part, when you throw a big swim bait like a trout is, unless you're throwing it on the Brazos River or on the Guadalupe River, you're really not matching the the hatch. But in those cases, they are. How effective are those uh, trout fishing swim baits on the?
3: For example, the Guadalupe. Man, it's 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 amazing. That's all I can say. It, it's flat out awesome. Like I tell everyone. Um, it's cool to buy a bait for uh, a lot of uh, fishermen buy baits based on the color, the paint, things mm-hmm. like that. But if to, for it to truly be effective, you, you've, like you said, you have to match the hatch. I mean, you have to fish what, what's in your area during, uh, during the time when, uh, when uh, bluegills are spawning, you know, I go with my Matt Lures hard gill, which is, like a sunfish and that bait just gets crushed i mean matt lures makes an awesome bait um when the shad are moving and 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 it's windy i'll throw on that matt lures hard gill that's a shad pattern nice silver and and that one gets smashed so um it's just little key things that you'll start to notice i the more more time you spend out on the water and see what your home waters are doing you'll know what what's out there and what i mean what the fish are doing what they're keying on um all the times that me and manny have fished the Guad out here uh we started noticing that all these massive shads were schooling and 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 just swimming along the banks together and that's what kind of led into uh, me fishing the citizen i was like dude the citizen. When I first got it, I was like, "Man, this thing's huge!" I don't know if it's going to get it. And sure enough, I mean, it, it just a rush of seeing those bass crush these big baits is enough for me. I mean, it's it's incredible.
2: Now I can imagine it's it's <laughs> it's taking it to another level when you throw a big swim bait and you get that <laughs> big bite. That's it's definitely another level. Um, you mentioned something um, a little bit of that. Um, that at first your first try with swim baits you weren't working it correctly how do you work your swim baits in order to to be effective and i know there's different type of swim baits so there's like the jointed uh swim baits usually that be, but now those are the ones that you move faster and usually three joints and then there's the glide baits which usually just yeah, yeah, a one joint so how do you how do you work each one differently how how effect how is it that person should work the glide bait and the swim bait?
3: So I'll be honest on that one. Even though you match the hatch, you've got to figure out what the fish are keying on. Uh, this weekend when I went out, there's times when I'll burn this glide bait in and, and just go side to side real wide. Uh, there's times when I'll just burn it in because that the fish want something fast and they want that darting in and out. And the great thing about glides versus the jointed is when you're fishing a glide next to a bank as long as you let it sink it can go under that structure and then dart back out and you'll see those fish come after it versus where if you're fishing a jointed and just burning it on top they they never get a shot or see you know see it coming so on my glides if they're not hitting it on a slow just methodical style back and forth i'll try to crank it and, and burn it a little faster and then Depending on what they want, that's how I'll end up fishing that bait for the rest of the day. During the summer, when the fish are more active and they, they are chasing, my uh, whether it's a three piece or a, a, a the bullshed that's uh, four joints, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a frog, they're gonna come up and smash it. So I'll throw it out there and I'm burning it. Just people say, like, dude, there's no way a fish is gonna catch that one. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, they'll I catch think, you. <laughs> Yeah. I was
3: like, I, I think me and Manny were fishing. He's like, Eric, this is his first time using my bullshad. And I was throwing the UFO, which they're both the same. We were both burning them on top. He said, how do you, how do you work your bullshad? And I said, dude, throw it out there, burn it in. I kid you not, man. First fish he lands was a five pounder. He, he was like, Oh my gosh, dude. I didn't think they'd hit it on a burn that quick. I was like, I I have no clue. I said, it just, you never know if they're going to want that, that fast burn with, uh, with jointed baits too. Um, sometimes I, very rarely have I ever caught where I let it sink subsurface and I'm just slowly kind of reeling it in that very it hardly ever works for me at that point. I'm throwing my glide, but for my jointed, if you see me fishing it, I'm burning it in as quick as I can just throw it out and burn it in.
2: Yeah. And I think that's, that's usually like the ones that I bought, that's the first thing that you look when you look at the back and it says it's meant to burn it. You know, just yeah. burn it. And the glide baits, I know it's more of a of a glide and sometimes a twitch on it. Yeah. Which one which one do you prefer more? The glide or the um jointed? Or it's just depending on the conditions, the how they yeah. work.
3: Yeah. Well, when I'm by myself, just enjoying my fishing, just enjoying my day by myself, I like fishing the glide. I'm a jig fisherman at heart, mm-hmm. and I like that real slow. You throw it out there, you pop it. Tw- I'm, I like fishing slow. I hate power fishing. And, really? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big power fisherman. I just like I like taking my time and. And for me, I love breaking down rivers. If if there's a a laydown or a hole or or a rock ledge, I I want to cast it every single spot, and and that's just the way I like to fish. But uh, oftentimes I'm with my buddies, and man, they're out there cast real, cast real, cast real. So nine times out of ten, if they're fishing like that, as you know, rivers are small. Just so. Mm my spots don't get blown up. I'll end up switching to a jointed bait and then I'm just throwing it out there, burning it in, <laughs> trying to keep yeah. up with them. But if, if it was up to me, I think I'm, I'd have to stick with, with the glide or uh, like I said, the citizen, the citizen is kind of like the jig you throw it out there and I, I wait till it hits the ground and then I'm barely just cranking it in. And it feels just like a jig bite. You'll feel that. Yeah. And yeah the, and then, you know, you got them.
2: Nice. What um, what are some of the challenges about the river that people may not be completely aware of? Because, you know, obviously, lakes are different. Um, for me, for example, I do a lot of lake fishing. So if when you're targeting a river and you're not familiar with it, what are some of the hazards that they may not be completely obvious, but you always recommend somebody like, hey, keep an eye on this, keep an eye on that, just for your own safety?
3: uh for one the weather um it's not like a lake if you're tracking down a river um you're not gonna be able to just turn around and get off of it quick unless you're running Mm -hmm. on someone's land so i'd keep an eye on the weather for one uh two just from a fishing aspect man i have fished with so many guys um they bring too much stuff and they and they are Mm -hmm. former lake fishermen and and they i don't know how to put it but lake fishermen, man they they'll have 50 different rattle traps and deep dives and and ned rigs and just all it's, these plastics <laughs> and and you do need that. I'm not saying you don't need it out on you do need it, but for a river, I tell everybody less rods. If you can stick to 3 at most, at most 4 or 5, but if you can stick to 3 you're going to be better off because 9 times out of 10 if you take more than 4 or 5, you're going to end up breaking one um so less rods less gear unless you're going by yourself um ask a buddy that has fished that river hey man you know i'm not asking you what your secret bait is or anything but what do they bite on jigs are they biting on glide bait swim baits what what do you recommend it's my first time fishing this river you ask you can ask me if i've been on the river i'm gonna tell you hey man i throw a jig i would throw the glide bait i'm not gonna lie to you I, i you know the fish aren't leaving i know Nine nine times out of ten, you're going to throw them back anyway. So, um, less gears, more less rods. Um, have every single thing uh, waterproofed. Everything. Hmm. So many guys break phones, uh, break cameras, and
0: fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure
3: on Fishing Booker. Life jacket, obviously. Just just make sure to take a life jacket.
2: (laughs) In your opinion, what is the best, um, and this, I know this is going to be just your opinion, but what do you think? It's the best kayak for a river because I know it's going to depend. It's like again, we're going back to this. It's very different than a lake. So I'm assuming a Hobie PA 14 is not going to cut it on a on a, a shallow river, right? No. So what is it? What do you recommend is like the best, you know, kayak for river fishing?
3: To me, the best kayak for rivers is the uh, the Kusa HD. It's made for rivers. The front of the kayak is like they had they molded it kind of like circular, so you're able to cut through rapids. You're able to go down rapids, um, and it just tracks. That that's what it's made for is to do those class one, twos, and threes rapids. Uh, it is it is strictly a river boat. It, it down to the point where when they designed it, where you put your rods in the back, every other Kusa model that you, that you'll sit in the rod stick almost straight up no. the Kusa. They're actually angled backwards. And the reason for that is so you can go into those trees without your rods actually breaking or getting caught up and they built on the rod tip protectors for it. So you can go through grass weeds, everything. Um, it's just an amazing platform for a river down. I mean, I've got three of them. (laughs) That's my river boat. Yeah, that is, that is my river boat. Uh, I, I would say the hardest thing about doing rivers is if you've never done one, people always take too much gear and they don't realize what we, me and Manny, Albert, all of us who do these rivers, they don't realize the struggle that we go through as far as having a portage over bridges, portage over log mm. jams, um, the dragging. We, it's very. We'll show the dragging every now and then, but people don't really want to see that, regardless. So yeah. nine times out of ten, we're going to cut it out. But I mean, I, I take so, so many of my buddies that they're like, "Jesus, Eric, y'all, y'all really put in this much work just to do a river run." I'm like, "Man, it's we love it. I mean, that's what we love. Yeah. It's it's just fun it's to adventure. us." Yeah, and and I I don't know. I I choose that over lakes any day.
2: (laughs) I I remember one of the videos that you had. um, You were just frustrated with all the time you had to like drag and drag and drag. (laughs) You can tell in the video you were like, "I'm done with dragging." I think it was right after like like they had we had some bad weather. (laughs) <laughs> spring, and I think the river got really clogged up with uh, debris. But you were really frustrated when I remember that video. It's like, yeah, I can see how that could be frustrating. Oh, yeah. yeah so, one of the things that I've noticed on your video, and I and I had Manny Ibarela um, back when I started, um, and it's something that I don't think it's talked about enough, um, and not to bring too much negativity. To the river adventure, but something that, especially in Texas, where people have to be aware of. Um, and as in most states, the land surrounding the river fishing, the rivers where you're gonna fish, it's complicated. There is no, like, there's, let's just say, there's a lot of gray area where it all depends on your point of view of what the law says, because it's really up to interpretation. Um, and you've read, you and Manny have both had unfortunate circumstances where you had to deal with uh, landowners. And in some cases, landowners that have shot, you know, not shot at you, but maybe shot warning shots at the water or up in the air in situations that have gotten ugly. What do people have to, that are going to kayak fishing? Um uh, have to take in consideration. How do how can you avoid this type of situations? And you know, when it's unavoidable, and you're just dealing with this angry homeowner who thinks he owns the river. What do you do to kind of protect yourself?
3: So I've been run off from rivers about I don't even know how many times, but bad ones about four or five times and some of the things that that we've done i mean i i remember when manny and i were about to do the medina the good thing is you can call a game warden so i recommend yeah. anybody doing this you can call a game warden anytime day or night they're gonna answer um and we were planning a trip out on the medina and we weren't sure we knew it was the river but the section we wanted to fish we had seen where they had like put a fence across it and we're like man we know there's some good holes up there, but I wonder if it's legal. And one of the things we did is we did call the game warden. We gave him a heads, up, a heads up. We said, hey, man, we're going to be fishing this section of river. Um, is it legal for us to be out there, number one? We don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to, you know, cause any drama or anything like that. And he flat out told us, he said, drop me a pin, shoot it over. He looked at it clearly said, y'all are good. He goes, if there's a, a fence or anything, he goes, you have every right to, you know, go through it, go around it, whatever, you know, they cannot block off a public waterway. And, um, he was there for us, you know, if he, he, he did tell us, he goes, you've got my number. If they say anything, do anything, um, just give me a shout and I'll be out there and take care of it. And that, that's one of the, the best things you can do. If it's a new section that you've never done just to avoid any of that, the conflict, things like that, um, but like you said, there has been times where I had I had floated this section of the river many times and uh we just showed up and one of the landowners was out there and he was pissed and asked us to leave and um where we were the river split. We couldn't get out on the left side, so we had to go back to the right and just keep going down the river and uh he started yelling at us and went and got his gun and started firing off warning shots in the air. And and I told my buddy, I'm like, dude, we're <laughs> I don't know why he's firing shots off. We're leaving I do not I d I d I don't I don't understand. So honestly, all I can say is for me, avoid conflict. Um, what we did in that situation is we, we left, we did mark a pin on our on our on our phone. We sent it to the game, warning and we just said, "Hey, man, this is what's going on. Someone could seriously get hurt. You may want to go give this landowner a talk. This is what happened, um, and and they do. They they really do go out there and talk to them. So that's that's what I would. That's that's what I would advise. I I don't advise getting in in their face and yeah, no. <laughs> just causing a ruckus because it can go it can go zero to hundred real quick."
2: No, and it's uh, the land. The, that's one of the things landowners don't understand. You sh- you start sh- shooting, firing. That is, I forgot the term of it. Um, there's a term where you're trying to intimidate somebody by by showing your gun. If you're showing off your gun, I, f- I think it starts with a B. I Forgot the
3: name of it, but there's, I, I think it's a felony. Honestly, yeah, for it is harassing it, it, it a, a fishermen.
2: Yeah, it is, and it's actually. Like, you can have your, you know, um, open carry. That's when it's on the holster. Once you take it out of the holster, in know, confrontation, that is, becomes a felony because now you're taking it out of the holster. You add to it that you just fired it. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> once you report if you press charges, I mean, that landowner gets to a lot of trouble. But, again, it comes down to you may be right, but you may be dead right. You know, at that point, yeah. it's just like get out of there call the game warden, local authorities, pin it um, on your phone, and show them the lead. Then you, each one decides if they want to press charges or not. That's a personal decision. But I think that's the best way. I mean, if there's landowners that so you can talk to talk to them, Like, and I know there was a video of uh, you and your buddy. I think your buddy was the one who kind of talked down this uh, older yes. gentleman um, and kind of, you know, had a, a – resolve the conflict by talking but sometimes like you said there's then there's other times like the guy that was firing shots where he doesn't <laughs> want to be just wants you get out so just get out and you know and just report yeah. it so there's yeah. nothing else
3: you're gonna be able to and, do and and go ahead. I, I agree with you man I mean something something needs to be said I wouldn't say never don't report it because You know, I I think back to that time and not that I would have done anything, but had my son been with me, who's five years old at the time, you know, whether he's firing warning shots or not, I don't know how I would have reacted as a parent. I don't know how any parent would react. And and that takes it to another level. And that's one thing that I I highly encourage everybody to report these landowners. You don't have to press charges, but they do need to be aware of that you gotta be careful, you know, like what if someone on a kayak was carrying and had a son with them, they're liable to fire back at him out a protection yeah. for their kid. And, and I would never want anything or anyone to get hurt or get escalated to that point. So I highly encourage people to get game wardens involved and to get them out there just to say, Hey man, what, what you did is wrong. Um, whether I I've never pressed charges or gone to that extent. I just like owners to be aware of that hey, I don't care if you own both sides of the of the water or own the deeds to the bottom of the river, it's a public waterway. And in Texas, yeah. until they change the law, that's we have every right to be fishing right there.
0: Yeah.
1: So And in
2: some cases, I read up on it when we when we had Manny Barella on, on the podcast, and in some cases and that applies to like southern Texas where it's called Mexican Grantlands, Lands, I think the definition was you couldn't own, even, even if the title, the deed says you own the river, you couldn't because when those grants were given back then, you know, you didn't have the, you know, the portable water that you have now, the water system that you have now. So those creeks and rivers fed, um, Village further down. So you couldn't even own it. And today, even if it's a dry creek, you can't even own it. And then again, that's very specific law that really applies to Southern Texas. You don't see much of that here in the Metroplex or Northern Texas that I know of. But, and even then, why wouldn't you get involved in a dry creek if you're not going to fish anything? <laughs> there? But it's interesting. This is a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on those, uh, on those laws. It's like, like it's not clear cut, but basically, I think the gist of it is: if you can, if you can navigate it, then, then you you have the right to fish it yeah. or navigate it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, anyway. yeah. Well, Eric, we've had you over for an hour, and I know uh, you've uh, you're a family man. You, congratulations again on on your daughter. She's what a year and a half or two years old now. A year
3: and pretty much a year and four months yeah nice
1: you have girl. how many kids
3: <laughs> i've got two boys braxton and cash they're seven and five and then kyler she finally had my baby girl
2: nice yeah. were you like hoping to get a girl
3: finally <laughs> yeah our first kid i told my wife i said I- i've always since i mean before our first one i said I, I want the first one to be a girl just because i've always seen you know daddy's girl and i thought it'd be yeah. cool to have a daddy daughter first dance and all all that stuff i'm a sucker for all the that wedding stuff and uh, i always wanted my baby girl and finally this last time i'm like if we have a boy this is it but don't <laughs> i got, I got my, yeah i got my little girl and we're done man time to focus well, the on, good thing, uh, on fishing <laughs>
2: I would think the good thing about having an older son and a younger daughter is that the, the son, can o- you know, your oldest can always protect, you know, when you go to school and all that. You can always watch out for for your daughter versus, you know, having a daughter that's, you know, 10 years old and a son Definitely, that's 5 yeah. years old, you know. Yeah. That's- so,
3: man, congratulations yeah. Thank you. Now looking back in hindsight, I'm pretty pumped. I've got my boys in karate, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till they get older, and she starts having boyfriends because I know they will take care of her. There you go. <laughs> 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 Gotta get him.
2: Gotta teach him since young so they'll know how to whoop yeah, if they hey, need to be. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Eric, uh, what can we look forward to on your on your social media, on your YouTube channel? What's coming up next?
3: So, the next trip, I was in a, a swim bait tournament called the PATS tournament. And, uh, oh, yeah. And ended up getting eighth in that one out of 50 of us. And you needed to be in the top seven to place. So I, I, I caught a total of 13.9, and I think to get it in, I needed 13.11. So, I was kind of frustrated, but the video is pretty awesome. I was using this bait, it's the Depth 250, an amazing, amazing glide bait. And man, that's that's gonna be the next video that comes out. Crystal clear water. I catch, like I said, those two threes in a six and a half and I had fun, man. It was it, that was a good day for me. So that'll be awesome. the that'll be the next one out.
2: I know you've had um uh some companies that uh kinda I don't know if- sponsored is the right way or word, but, uh, that I've kind of worked with you. You want to give a, I want to give you a few minutes. If you wanted to do some plugins, uh, give them some shout outs.
3: Yeah. Uh, for sure. TG canoe and kayaks. Uh, they had brought me Manny on, I guess, two years ago to represent, um, them as a company. And also for the Jackson line, they were really impressed with, you know, some of the river runs that we've done and, and, um, just just the content that we were putting out and i've got to hand it right back to them Man, they are genuinely great great people and in fact i went in there to buy a really expensive boat and they actually talked me out of it they said eric you're fishing rivers man why do you want this this high-end boat where you're going to be struggling you're not going to be able to use it why don't you start off with the coos hd and like i said now i've got three of them so um, nice they're, they're not in it for the money. They are genuinely good people who will put you in the right boat. And, they, and they're not, they have Jackson wilderness natives. Um, what else do they have? I think they've got vibes, um, bona fides. I know for sure. So they've, they've got tons of boats, um, but they're great people. Check them out. TG canoe and kayak in San Marcus. They, they're right on the river. So if you want to test out any boats as well, they're right there. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, i try to post as much as I can. Just bear with me. Like like, I, like we said earlier, I, I've got a family, so I try to do as much as I can. My uh, Instagram is erics0495. And uh, if you want to check out any of my YouTube videos, it's Hooked Off The Grid TV.
2: Nice. And go check them out because you're totally going to enjoy it. If you love kayak <laughs> fishing, especially river fishing, you're completely going to enjoy <laughs> hooked up to great TV. So Eric, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, it. Again, it's an honor to have you here, man. Um, big fan of your YouTube content. Like I said, it's one of the reasons why I got into kayak fishing. Um, so really thankful that you, that you took time to join us. So thank you again for those out there listening. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram on the Bass Kayak and I'm sorry on the Bass Kayak and beers on Instagram and Facebook um, if you have any suggestions for the show you want to hear from a guest, you can send me an email on the bass and beers at gmail.com So thanks again everyone. Hope you had a great day. If you're gonna be on the water whether it's a river or a lake, please be safe wear your PFDs. make sure you get home to your loved ones. So thank you again. have a great
1: day. Peace out.
3: Thanks man appreciate it.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle in Fin.